Before we start, there are some sensitive subjects in this episode that may not be suitable for all listeners. This episode is a story about sexual addiction and pornography. So we'll leave it up to you and your discretion for the listening years around you. Welcome to Filling the Gap. Vulnerability is difficult. Being vulnerable is a gift. Shame gets in the way of our vulnerability. It blinds us from love and grace that people and God are willing to offer and extend. Mark and Morella give their gift of vulnerability to each other and to us. Mark shares his struggle with pornography and Morella shares about the impact that struggle has had on her. But that will all come later. Let's start from the beginning of their story. I grew up in Moses Lake um, area uh, with my grandparents and my dad. My parents were divorced. I, I was raised an Adventist. Uh, grandparents have been an Adventist all their life that I know of. Grew up as a normal kid, I guess, except for the point where, you know, I think I was probably seven, six, somewhere in that neighborhood kid said, hey, let's try this. Start fooling around. What Mark didn't understand at the time was that his friend had molested him, had took advantage of his innocence, and that left Mark changed. We had no idea that age that that's not what you're supposed to do. And that, that self-pleasuring took off from there as I got older. A friend of mine, I think we ran in, found a, you know, a Playboy or something like that. That's kind of what the start was when I was really young. Despite some of the normalization of this behavior amongst his peers, Mark felt shameful, and he knew it was wrong. I knew it was something was wrong, but I didn't know. You know, it felt wrong, but not having the idea, not having that conversation growing up. So as I got older, you know, I just became more of a habit. Um, it just became almost a natural thing to do. Natural as playing baseball or basketball, you know, you just kind of fall into it and you just do it and you don't see anything wrong, even though you kind of feel it. Not knowing where to turn or where to go, even though I was in an Adventist home, I did all the memory verses stuff that you normally do in Sabbath school, all that stuff, but never had that uh, intimate knowledge of God. Um, so I didn't know where to go. And now we go to a different part of the state, to a different person, a girl named Morella. I grew up in Arlington, Washington, north of Seattle. My parents were divorced when I was really young. Standard Adventist family, I would think. Um, grew up going into Adventist schools, um, lived in the Adventist bubble. Mark and Morella shared a mutual friend and this friend wanted to bring them together. She's like, oh, I got a girl you should meet. She said, oh, I, I just wanted to tell you that I have this guy I want you to meet. You, wouldn't, you wouldn't typically think much of it, but I thought something was different. I thought that my life was gonna change. I'd had a mustache for many years, and I don't know why. 
I had this feeling, uh, I'm going to shave. I'd done it before, but it's been, yeah, years. She says, yeah, he's got a mustache. And I said, oh, no, not going to happen. And when I met him, it was gone, and he looked fine. I thought he was cute. We were at a friend's house who lived there locally. We were both knowing that our friend wants to hook us up. He was kind of zeroed in on me pretty quickly. I see a tall blonde girl, I'm like, yeah. Yes, I was pretty obvious. I tried not to be, but that was kind of hard, you know, seeing her. I think Mark moved down the next week, and then we were pretty much together every day when we weren't working. We were fairly inseparable, honestly. Mark and Marella dated and were married one year after they met. In such a short time, a lot had changed for them in terms of location, church, careers, and a recommitment to faith. But Mark's addiction remained and was kept secret from Marella. Even in my early marriage, the addiction was still there. Um, if I had access to internet that I knew I could get away with, then I would, you know, go look. In that time period, internet was becoming bigger. You couldn't exactly go out and buy magazines. Where the internet, and that's, you know, it's safer because you can hide and stay hidden. You know, try to do some romance stuff, you know, as a young couple, and I may not, I'm not responding like I should. And, you know, she starts asking questions, and from there I just kind of, finally broke down and just said, this is what, you know, and, and told her my entire life story, which is kind of big in a second year marriage. I think it was second or third year when this was revealed to her. Um, it was a big impact on her and us. Willie, really, we, t we talked about everything. I mean, we didn't keep things from each other, you know, past girlfriends, boyfriends. We talked about everything, but not that. That was something he's, he was, it took a lot to get him to open up about that. Communication has never been an issue with us. We've always been, been good at that. But this thing, this has been the only thing he's really ever lied to me about. So he tells me about um, his, his addiction. Of course, it made me feel like I'm not good enough. You know, why, what, why can't you be happy with just me? Why, are you, why do you keep doing this? It was very hurtful really to to be told this and if, as the years went by and and things kept coming you know he'd be apologetic and he'd see the hurt on my face and he'd just feel terrible and he didn't want to do it but and then it kind of got to the point where I would I was still very hurt but I became I would get really angry too why do you keep doing this you know why aren't I good enough why you know just over and over You know, she didn't understand, and it was hard for me to, I'm like, I'm trying to explain, this is like, you know, it's, I didn't know how to describe it to her. It's like, if you've been an alcoholic, they would understand, or if you've been a drug user, you'd understand. I think that first time that he told me, I was hurt, incredibly hurt and crushed, but somewhat understanding. I didn't really feel that I couldn't trust him with anything. You know, I thought, well, he's coming clean. You know, of course I'm going to forgive him and he's not going to do it again. I mean, 
I don't know if I was that naive, maybe, um, but when it kept coming around and coming back and, and I'd find some, at one point I found a video on his phone and I was ticked. I was so angry. So that was the, the lies. I don't take well to being lied to. You, that's the worst thing you can do. Don't lie to me. And he's never has except for this. The feeling of not being understood and trying to explain to someone else something that is so individual and personal is stressful. On top of that, Mark and Morella's family was starting to grow as kids entered the picture. And the stress in Mark's life was growing exponentially. You know, I got this great job and Mark uh, got laid off from his job and he ended up being the stay-at-home parent for quite a while, which is so stressful, so stressful. So stress comes and what do you do to, you know, relieve that stress? You know, he, of course, that's, he turned to, towards, you know, that addiction. Stress is huge. It, it reaches, you know, you go back to what's comfortable, what you can control. And, and in um, pornography, um, you control what you see, uh, you control what you think, and so there's a control to it. So when life is going out of control, you go to what you're like, I can control this, even if it's for five, ten, whatever minutes. It's my little world. I was praying but I wasn't giving it all. I was kind of holding back. I was, you know, afraid. Because again, that's taking control, uh, you know, out of my hand. And that's a hard thing to give up. I still wanted to quit. I still loved her, but I didn't know how to quit. I didn't know where to go. Had no idea how to do this. I was trying to do it on my own. This was revealed, what, year two? I think it was probably 10 years later before we finally started having a direction. Pornography had broken many things in their relationship, but Mark and Morello were ready to face the issue head on. It started with rebuilding trust, using resources and information they gathered about how to deal with pornography addiction. We had been told that, you know, the first first thing to do, of course, when you're dealing with some with uh, pornography addiction is to get a filter, right? But filters were like $50 a month, and we don't have a lot of money. $50 a month to us was a lot. But we came across a Custodio, which is an internet filter. And that was, at the time, was $30 a year. And I said, well, we can handle that. That's not bad. So we got this filter and suddenly his access to pornography is gone. It was a turning point. Having the filter, you know, when she called me up, I was at home. And she's like, hey, I found this. Let's check it out. Let's try it. So I'm on the phone with her and we're, you know, checking it out. And I was like, okay, let me type in things that I know. Is it showing up? Are you seeing this? And it worked. I get daily reports about what, what his usage was for the day before. That's the thing with Custodio, it's his profile is as if he was my child, which feels wrong, but at the same time, he's, he's cool about it. He's, he understands that I, I need to have that level of, of confidence that he's not going to, or he, he doesn't have access to this, so, so therefore he's not going to, to see it. 
you know, she just asked me this last year, you know, hey, do, you've been doing really well. Do we need to keep doing it? And I said, no, we need this. This is not just for me. I need your trust more than the $40. Uh, I need this for myself. Uh, I'm still tempted every day. I had her keep it because I said, you need to have that peace of mind. Um, it gives me a peace of mind knowing that there's something there um, to protect me. Another helpful resource to them was a podcast called Porn Free Radio. The host, Matt Dobschutz, shares his personal journey with pornography addiction. By telling his truth and his story, he helped fill the gaps in Mark and Marella's own journey. When we came across uh, Porn Free Radio, and, and, and so I kind of checked out his website, trying to look for resources, trying to understand this thing better. I told him that he needed to listen to that. I expected him to listen to one every day. That's honestly, that's, that's where it came down to. And he did it. I was out of town at that time, and I, I was on the phone, and we talked for probably an hour and a half. Um, I was done driving for the day, had lots of time to talk. And I says, you need to listen to this. I don't know how to explain to you. I mean, we've had this conversation for 10 years. So I said, you need to listen, and maybe that'll help the conversation. And so she started to listen. It really made a big breakthrough. She was able to, uh, to understand a little bit better, talk about it, and she didn't get as mad. Still frustrated, still angry a little bit, but we were able to have a better conversation. His first episode, he describes his own uh, journey, uh, his own addiction. And as you go through the episodes, he, he describes what he had to go through. And I'm like, this is very similar to me. And so he was able to describe some of his feelings, what he thought. And I'm like, finally, somebody who can say what I'm trying to say, but don't know how to tell her. And I, you know, I felt like after that, that she started listening, that she was able to start understanding that this is deep. This is not just a shallow addiction. This is a deep addiction. I think what's neat about uh, Matt Dobschutz and Porn Free Radio is that he really used words like addiction and sobriety. And I think Matt Dobschutz really kind of kind of bringing out that this is an addiction, just like, yeah, you're not using any substances, but it's an addiction. And clean and sober applies. When he talks about addiction, it is. It's very much one, you know, it's like it's not a crack or alcohol where you're uh, chemically addicted in that sense, but it is a chemical response in your body. You're you get addicted to the pleasure, the whatever they want to call it uh, that sets off that in your brain. You get addicted to it. There is a special bond between a man and a woman, but and Satan has destroyed it with porn, and it took a long time, and we're still on on a road to recovery. We are much better now, 15, 16 years later, uh, in our marriage. We are much better in that realm. But it took a long time and a lot of struggling to understand what God wanted us to try to be as a man and a woman and a husband and wife. Pornography is so damaging, and some people think, oh, it's not a big deal. We say, you know, well, as a couple, let's just let's watch it together, and maybe it'll spice up our, our love life. No, it puts an unrealistic expectation on everyone involved. It's not real. It's not reality. And it's really dangerous. 
it is a big deal. Even though Mark had limited access to his addiction and Morella grew more understanding, he still felt the temptations. He was still struggling. He and Morella realized they needed to connect better as partners. Through the filters, through the communicating, talking, even though we started this, there were still times that I felt a temptation. We started a, you know, once a month talk. One time um, I just said, you know, honey, we just, I need to do it once a week. Let's just do every Friday night. I'll check in with you. And I also asked her, you know, what are you struggling with? And let's go back and forth. He felt like this was all on him. He was, he was the one who was, was struggling. He was, it was all him. Uh, well, everybody has some, something that they need to work on. Uh, I struggle with being critical. He would talk about his week and his struggles and any temptations he'd had, and I would talk about my criticisms towards others. And we would kind of uh, help each other through it. And really, I think that's the turning point. The last year has been the best out of the 16. When he's been more loving and more receptive and he'll rub my feet at night, he'll, you know, he'll rub my neck. I mean, you know, it's the small things, right? That <laughs> that makes a big difference. And you know, it's it's just been good. This journey they both have been on has taught them many valuable lessons. For those struggling with addiction of this kind and to the partner supporting them, Mark and Morella have some words of advice to offer. Find that person that you feel comfortable with. That's, that's the key, someone you can check in with. I don't know how many marriages get real deep, but it, it's going to take some deep conversations. And then I would highly recommend that you do a lot of praying. Well, it's, it feels kind of weird when you pray about, God, you know, help us in this romance area. It does feel awkward to do it. And I told her, I says, I've actually prayed about, you know, help me to connect to my wife the way you would want us to, or the way you created us to do. It took several years of failing before we realized, you know, we need to add some supernatural element, and it only comes from God. That it's important to connect with your wife, to communicate, to really, that it's, it's just really necessary and important to be open and honest and to try to do this together. For the spouse in my wife's position, you know, um, I would have to say you're, you're gonna get angry, you're gonna get mad, but you're gonna have to listen, you know, talk, don't yell, communicate, allow them to express, you know, the other spouse to express their feelings, do lots of praying, lots of praying, involve God. I know it may seem odd and weird, It was for me, but yes, do a lot of praying. To fill the gaps in our relationships and within ourselves, we need to be honest and vulnerable. And it takes immense strength to fight against the shame that silences our pain. Mark and Morella are on a continuing journey of doing just that. They are fighters, but they also sought help from others and each other. Some of the gaps in our world are too wide and deep for us to fill alone. Sharing our stories and letting people into our narratives helps start the process of filling the gaps.